0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Leadership Tools and Strategies. I want to welcome you in on this wonderful day. We have a fantastic program set up with Isaac Tolpin of Choose Growth. So thrilled that you could join us and happy to have you alongside us on this learning journey. Isaac is from Choose Growth and we're going to learn a little bit more today about what it looks like to be in an e-learning environment. I'm Todd Greer, Executive Director of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, and thrilled, as always, to have you alongside us on this journey. Before we go any further, I want to remind you about some very exciting and important things when it comes to the Center Vision Leadership uh, Foundation. We want to announce March 2nd is going to be the launch of the third issue Of Nonprofit Performance Magazine. It's going to be focused on millennials in the nonprofit world. And our guest today, Isaac Tolpin, is one of our contributors in that exciting magazine as we think about the changes a nonprofit organization has to make in order to engage a millennially focused world. Really excited about that, excited about the opportunities that will be heading for us here in just a month as that comes to launch. Also, reminder that this Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, you can follow a, a, an amazing conversation, hashtag NonprofitChat. What we'll be doing is extending today's conversation a little bit further so we can engage deeper into the areas of e learning in our nonprofit organizations. Again, welcoming in Isaac Tolpin. Isaac, thank you so much for being alongside us today. Oh, absolutely. It's great to be here, Todd. We are, are thrilled to have you. Um, Isaac is uh, one of those experts that surrounds us in this nonprofit sphere. He's a guy who understands a unique aspect to the, the nonprofit world that many of us take for granted or forget about altogether. So, Isaac, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Oh thanks Todd yeah just a moment you know I'm an entrepreneur um, co-founder of a two companies that are causing a positive disruption as I would say in the e-learning industry and uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it so just uh, really enjoying that I'm a family man I've got six amazing children Uh, my wife Angie Tolpan author and speaker and uh, just busy living life and um, serving and leading and raising my kids
0: that's fantastic Isaac Uh, As I've got to know you uh, over the last couple months, I've been thrilled to see uh, the character that you have, and I I think it's uh, an exciting thing for our audience to be able to get to know you a little bit deeper uh, today. Uh, Folks, I want to illustrate here real quickly. Isaac is a real-deal professional here when it comes to the e-learning environment. Uh, You can see he's in that awesome soundproof uh, (laughs) soundstage there. Uh, We were thrilled to have him in there. We were talking earlier today about uh, the environment, and I said, uh, I think it shows very well that uh, at Choose Growth, they're very serious a- about their work. So uh, thanks for, for even coming uh, fully prepared in that uh, that room there, Isaac. Uh, so oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Tell us a little bit more. Choose Growth, what kinds of work that do you guys do? And really, how did the company start about
1: yeah, so, you know, I've been an entrepreneur prior to Growth, and my business partner, Chris Benke, as well, and uh, very successful in what we were doing, and uh, we saw two things. We saw uh, organizations and brilliant experts that weren't participating in e-learning, and then we saw this industry exploding, but frankly, I mean, it's a $50 billion industry. It's going to $100 billion in the next few years, and frankly, most of it's boring. Most of it doesn't touch millennials at all. If Anybody, they're doing it because they have to in organizations, and most people aren't finishing it. And so we choose growth was built to solve that problem. We are, uh, you know, killing boring in e-learning, if you will. We are having fun, creating experiences with great information. Yes, but that people actually love to consume, and that's a big difference. And you know what? Today. People have choices, and its I call it a curated world, and they have choices. They're going to tune out commercials. They're going to tune this out, tune this in, and if you're not delivering well and the whole experience isn't there, they're not going to consume
0: it. That's a great point, Isaac. I, I, I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head, and I think many of our people, as they're watching from, from their office, watching from home, they're probably nodding their head along with you in the sense that they're seeing – uh, this this challenge in their workplace. I, it's it's funny almost to me uh, look I'm surrounded by books. I, I'm a guy who I, I pride myself in being a lifelong learner um, I, I love what, uh, what opportunities we have through uh, the internet to be able to continue and grow our, our learning experience but I think for many people who have grown up particularly in the millennial generation, there's a lot of struggles that come into this idea of, of learning. Uh, now Here we are today, and we're talking about learning and particularly e-learning for the nonprofit, the religious, the charity, the educational institution and organization. We've got some some challenges there. Why why is it so important for them, Isaac? Why why is e-learning as a whole just so imperative? Well,
1: because, I mean, everything's changing, the access to information is there, uh, no longer do organizations want to spend money uh, getting together as much, even though getting together sometimes is, is even better, obviously, but, you know, there's really a focus on, you know, how do we equip people? How do we train people? How do we engage people to do things that are in alignment with the organization's goals? And there's, there's no better way to do that than to leverage through technology. To really do that in an effective way. And now what's great about technology is now that information
0: can scale the globe. So it's it's super valuable. That's fantastic. And, and when we talk about e-learning, if somebody's out there and they're saying, okay, this nebulous term, what exactly is e-learning and what 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 can it be? Because ultimately it could mean probably a lot of different things to different people. From your experience, what does e-learning look like for an organization? What different types of uh, initiatives might it be?
1: No, that's great, and I, I want to get out of your mind. Anybody listening of what maybe they've experienced before, because um, what I'm really talking about is the next level of e-learning. Uh, we decided not to use a new word because everybody kind of knows that word, and that's the industry name. But really, we're not doing what has been done out there for the most part. You know, you can look at Coursera, for example. They're doing a great job. Uh, I mean, they got millions of people learning. But frankly, when it comes down to it, a lot of it is talking head professors and lecture halls uh, now in an e-learning environment. And that's not what I'm talking about because I think you need to humanize e-learning to take the title of the book behind you. It needs to be uh, the, kind of <laughs> the kind of experience where you know we're, we're learning and we can contribute to the learning. We can actually be part of it. And this touches millennials more than anybody. And if you want to resonate with everybody, you've got to focus on what the millennials care about. Well frankly they're going to take over 75% of the workforce in the coming years. So um, it's, it's incredibly important. But what we've noticed with online education is that really all the generations are starting to care about the same things. We want to interact with what we're learning. We don't want long videos. And so you've got to have videos that are about four or five minutes or less you've got to have um, you know uh, get rewarded for things so for example it's kind of like the second grade it, I may hate to say this but in the second grade we got gold stars from our teachers and when you're by yourself and all you have is your computer and there's all kinds of distractions that could come about through your mobile device or whatever when you get recognized that actually releases endorphins in people, even if it's just you got a badge for achieving something or a progress bar moved forward or something like that to go, hey, I can go back there for five or ten minutes and learn something. It's going to remember exactly where I'm at. I'm going to get recognized for that. I make progress in my course, and I can see where I'm at, and I can do an online journal. I can can do a multiple-choice question to kind of test my knowledge just for my own sake and see what I'm grasping. I can see these visual experiences that are great. Let's face it, a lot of e-learning just looks bad. And you know, I, I read an article in the HBR a while back where there's a big problem in organizations where the tools that people are being asked to use in organizations are so far in Inferior to the tools that we're using in our personal everyday lives and we have Apple to thank for that and all kinds of companies You know our iPhone is way better to use than most of the things we're using in work or in organizations And so when it comes to learning and you want to keep people's attention inside a computer screen or on a mobile device It's got to be beautiful. It's got to be simple. It's got to be intuitive. It's got to be easy to use It's got to be an environment where people
0: actually want to be That's a great point, Isaac. um, I think one of the the challenges that we deal with is we want want as consumers to be able to control our processes. We want to be able to to co-create, and we want to feel like we have control. I I think one of the struggles that we see as a detachment has long been the history of organizations trying to control the learning of, of their organizational members. <laughs> How do you guys deal with that?
1: Yeah, I think that that's an interesting word control, and it's a, a word that millennials will hate. Yeah. Um and I and I think that. Uh, but you know, there is there's structure good. You gotta have structure. You've got to have leadership, and you gotta have you know ways of doing things. But. Um, but you've got but the leadership today I'm am talking about leadership for a second but leadership today that's going to resonate with people especially you know the millennial generation is going to be a little different it's going to be showing respect to people and asking for their ideas it's going to be showing respect to people and the way you do that is by trusting them versus worrying that they might not do something so we have to put controls in place. instead, uh, people rise to the level of trust we give them. If you want trustworthy people, um, show that you trust them first. And so it's it's interesting. It's kind of like uh, you know in e-learning you take it down to that. well, there's going to be boundaries on it. You can't you, you can't do anything, but why not set it up to where it's interactive and, you know, you cut down on it. The temptation is to put so much information but okay, they need to know all of these things. Well, what are you sacrificing by making sure they know all of these things? I'm willing to bet because too much information gets put into a lot of curriculums that less is actually consumed less is actually retained and so the question would be what do you at least what do they for sure need to grasp and then what can they experience to fully grasp that concept and I'd rather have them do that in a lesson than have a whole bunch of written text. I'd rather have a five minute video a little bit of text, an infographic, maybe uh, an online journal so that so it's reflective and then give them a challenge. Okay so you just learned this about leadership now in the next three days I want you to go and live that out and analyze yourself in any leadership situations uh, this you know, this word or this, you know, how you did, and then come back to the next lesson and why don't you report on it? And then they come to the next lesson and there's a, you know, a video saying, hey, how did it go? How did that challenge go? Um, and I would rather do that than just give a bunch of information. There's plenty of information in this world, there's access to information everywhere. But what's missing is high quality content in experiences where we get to live it out and truly implement it in our lives. Mm -hmm. and where it's put together in a way that we
0: actually enjoy. So in in a lot of ways, what I hear you talk about is you're talking about developing uh, content and distribution channels that are engaging people in multi-sensory behaviors or multi-facets. Some people are tactile, some people are audio, some people are visual. Uh, You know, we we all have these different things, and that's really – you're talking about a movement away from us sitting here and me lecturing to a full lifestyle engagement. Is that right, Isaac?
1: No, you're exactly right. And you think about who are the people? What? How are people wired that love to write and love to give information? Well, they're usually not wired in the same way as a lot of other people, a lot of other learners. So you got to adapt it to the learners. So the so the fallacy is that the people writing the information love to. Read lots of information and are okay with that, but a lot of learners out there are very different. That they want short sound bites. I mean, the, the average YouTube video is four minutes or less. So we're in a YouTube world now, and it's just we just cannot give too much. I'd rather it's. It reminds me of this. Um, it reminds me of when my daughter was young and she wouldn't eat anything, and it's my first kid, and I don't know what I'm doing, so I just take business practices to raising my first child, and she won't eat anything, and we're putting food in front of her, putting food in front of her, so then I got the biggest plate I could possibly find, and I cut the piece of pizza in a very thin slice, I'm talking not even an inch, and I put it in the center of this beautiful, white, huge plate, and I said, hey, here you go, and she goes, Daddy, I can eat more than that, I go, I don't know, I don't think so, and (laughs) And then she gobbles it up, and then I cut another one, and I cut another one, and I cut another one. one. Before long, she's ate way more than I ever tried to give her in the first place. And I think that's the same with content. We have to, if you want retention, if you want people to actually consume your information, you have to give them the best stuff in a way they're willing to consume it and get them asking for more because they're hungry for more versus giving too much up front in a kind of uh, old-style format, and they they don't end up finishing it.
0: Isaac, that's, um, that's really intriguing. Some of the content uh, that we've been working for to develop in the magazine, and I know you've been part of that process, one of the things that has really come out, and I think to millennials this is something that's just very inherent to us, we we want to bring our whole self into an organization. We, we want to bring who we are. And so though I might work in sales or I might work in um, – membership engagement, or I might work in whatever the entity in an organization, I've got a whole lot else that that is me, that I want to bring with me. Um, What are you guys looking at when you're talking about um, trying to help organizations develop content and allow content to be consumed by their members uh, when it comes to this? The idea that they might not just be domain specific.
1: So so so, what's the question again? Sorry. I'm
0: sorry, I think I'm getting an echo back. Let me see here. What's the question again? the The question is, when we're talking about uh, organizations and we're talking about millennials in particular, how do we yeah. how do we work with organizations to say yes, millennials want to bring more than just the domain that they're working with to your organization. So, in order to help them. You can apply these things. You can do these things with learning to help move them.
1: I think uh, feedback. I mean, they need feedback. It's very, very important. Uh, Everybody does. That's what's funny. But I think that this new, this millennial generation kind of demands it. Um, they're, They're not going to be in an organization just because they got a cool title and they're making money uh, they're gonna be in an organization because they love the culture and they love what it stands for and they love the being part of something bigger than themselves and they're gonna walk in, in the moment they they feel hypocrisy or if they feel lack of integrity or if they feel just goes against what the what their their morals are and those kinds of things or if, you know, on a whole other side of things they're gonna walk if they're if they're not feeling like they're heard that's another thing. There needs to be they need to be able a way in the organization and through learning to give feedback and to uh, to contribute because they are problem solvers. They really want to solve problems. They want to be part of the process. They don't want to just be in a cubicle somewhere and have no hope for how things can change for them. I don't think anybody's ever wanted that, frankly. But you know what? This this generation demands it, they, they <laughs> and, and rightfully so. They care about their life today and tomorrow but they, they are not willing to sacrifice today for
0: tomorrow. Mm, that's a great point. If you were yeah. to s- summarize, what effect do you see that e-learning has on people and organizations?
1: I think it creates a learning organization. It says something about the top of the organization when they're willing to invest and they're willing to create access to information that is going to improve the lives and improve the work that they're actually doing. I think it's it's incredible. And these millennials are constantly learning. They're learning. They're taking courses on lynda.com. They're po- the podcasting it all the time. I mean, they're, they're in tune. If they don't know something, they're probably... Probably going to figure it out from Google faster than the last. Their supervisor, and so it's 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 you just got to realize that these these people um, are uh, you know on fire to learn. And when you give them learning, when you give them information uh, that's curated well, they're gonna you're going to retain them. Not only are they going to be excited to show up to work, but they're going to feel like you get me wow, we're building this organization together. You're investing in me, and therefore, I'm going to invest in you and your organization. I think it's huge. Commitment.
0: That's great. Uh, We live in a time where, as you talked about, knowledge is growing so quickly. The body of knowledge has expanded. Uh, It's just multiplying in such a quick time. How do we keep up with it? What do we need to do as individuals and organizations to be able to just maintain
1: so I think that uh, it comes down to leadership it comes down to are you creating a culture of learning are you creating a culture of sharing ideas or are you killing that and you don't even realize it just think about the last time uh, somebody gave you an idea how did you respond to that what was your facial expression how did they walk away from you and how did they feel because if they didn't feel great about it if they felt um, just like you listened because you have to, and you said a nice thank you in a fake way, then uh, or they can tell that you've heard it so many times. Then you're—it's it, not about that moment and that idea. It's about what you're killing. You're killing the spirit of your people inside them to actually contribute to the organization. And subconsciously, it's being killed all the time in organizations. And it's really sad because the good of an organization is really the the quality of the people in the organization then I would add to that then I would say it's the quality of the leadership that allow those people to actually express their gifts their callings their ideas the innovation in their mind and so if you're gonna create innovation in an organization it's not going to be perfect people are gonna come up with things there's gonna be you know, uh, you might even feel sometimes there's a lack of productivity in areas where, in meetings, where people are sharing ideas. But if you if you snuff that out, just for the sake of that one meeting's improved productivity, what else might you be snuffing out? You might be snuffing out the genius of your company, the genius of your organization. And you think of nonprofits. There's some big challenges. Like you've got to self fund in a lot of ways. It's not like the old days where you can just rely on donations to thrive. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's changing and if you don't have the minds of your people learning and growing and sharing and contributing and innovating with you, then I, 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 let's face it, the, the organizations won't exist. It used to be cool. It used to be like a good idea to do that now I believe it's necessary to do that. It's necessary to listen to the front lines of your organization and include them in everything that's happening.
0: It's funny, Isaac, because one of the things you, you've touched on, and I've heard it in your uh, statements a couple times already, is this idea of leadership here. And it, it, we have a, a gentleman that's part of our audience who, uh, in some of our Twitter chat conversations, our nonprofit chat, he, he always comes back to me he says. You did it again. This is about leadership. And, and it's so funny because really so much of everything that we talk about comes back to leadership. It comes back to the idea of what, what kind of culture are we setting? What kind of environment are we cultivating in, in our organizations for people to be able to thrive? Um, and I think ultimately when we're talking about learning and, and the e-learning environment, as you said – It really comes down to what kind of tone is being set by leaders.
1: It really is. And what a powerful tone when you say we're investing in you and we're going to be a learning organization. It's one thing to say something. Hey, we're going to be a learning organization. Let's invest in ourselves. What's your personal growth plan? I even said that to our team recently. What's your personal development plan this year? But what I can also say is we consume e-learning. We consume. We we are going through a book with our leadership team, and we're doing that. And I'm sure a lot of people listening are doing that too. But remember, you know, people are always wondering about their leaders. How am I doing? And what do they think of me? And if you have those pressures on people, it's it's the, you have to proactively release people to contribute in the way they're designed to. They don't naturally do that um, because there's some fear that can be there. But if you're proactive as a leader, I know I'm talking about leadership again, but if you're proactive as a leader to encourage people to share, to contribute, to share their gifts and to not be isolated, you don't want to be like Henry Ford, which said something like, you know, I want your work, I want your labor, but I don't want your mind. You don't ever want to be like that. And sometimes we're subconsciously doing that. And I think Henry Ford's great, so I'm not dissing him. But he did say <laughs> something like that. Um, and really what we want to be is, I want you. I want your mind. And that's what matters first and foremost. Because if 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 we pay attention to that, if we encourage that, you won't believe how productive people become when they're in a place where they feel like there's no hierarchical structure that's, you know, preventing them from being themselves and exerting their contributions to solving problems that make the whole organization better. I think I just think it's massive, and it all stems from there. And when you create a learning culture because you're actually providing resources, it changes the game.
0: Mm. Isaac, this is so amazing to me because I'm thinking back to some books that I read previously about talking about the importance of leadership and building a learning environment or a learning culture. Um, and what I'm almost getting from you here is the importance of using the learning from the e-learning format, and how that's reshaping our modern organization. Uh, I think we just came up with a book right here on air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've got to write it, Todd. It's got to get one well, of yours up there. We'll sit down and, and pin that out together sometime in the future. <laughs> kind of focusing back here on e-learning, and and obviously as we talk about, there's so much with Learning and culture, that that ultimately comes back to leadership. But I I want our people to focus specifically here on the e-learning format and what that looks like. One of the biggest challenges people face is retention. What does growth do to, to deal with that retention issue of people dropping out or people losing focus? What are you guys working on with that?
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great thing. I mean, that's what higher education is dealing with. Um, they are in in trouble in a lot of ways because they have to use e learning, but the when they do, they're getting very poor retention. It's like ten to thirty percent a lot of times of people that finish uh, an online course, and um, you, it's got to be done different. The first thing is how people learn from a book, how they learn from a live event or from consulting is very, very different than how they're gonna learn from online learning. So we just gotta, whatever you're used to and whatever you've done before, you've gotta kinda put that over here and go, okay, now I need to learn something new to create an experience to retain people. Um, So we have a bunch of innovation rules uh, that when we're building a course to go by, and, um, but some of those are things like, a video can never be longer than five minutes. Um, Now, can you have multiple videos? Yes but you know, 10 minutes can't go by without recognizing somebody for doing something. So you've got to have a real learning management system. The idea of just taking videos and emailing them out to people and calling it a product is going to be dead soon. Uh, it's not yet, and people are making millions doing that, and they're getting the word out, but I'm telling you, people are not – it's one thing to sell something. It's one thing to make something and have people log in. It's a whole nother thing to have people actually – finish and consume and implement a learning experience from you and that's the only way to actually have impact and impact the world and so you have to have other things like um, you know how are you gonna co- create interaction with your learner You've got, you, know, you could do an online journal you could do quizzes and uh, and so forth and the quizzes aren't just a quiz like we're in grade school it's actually fun It motivates you subconsciously to actually pay attention to the learning because you know there's gonna be quiz afterwards and who doesn't want to do well and then you can go into your dashboard and you can see you know how you're doing how did I score on these different things social community you know people want to learn with other learners in a classroom you have that but you don't have it in on, online a lot of times well you can technology's there now where you can create interactive communities inside your e-learning if if you don't have that technology use a facebook group and invite people to it that are going through the course there's ways to do it with the technology that exists in very inexpensive ways too um, you've got to um you've got to make it doable to come back to. So part of the problem is they might enjoy the experience, they might be learning, but then they go off and they do something else, and they don't know how to get back or they kind of forget about it. Or they think, wow, I want to do that, but it's going to take me 45 minutes. If that's the fact, if a lesson's 45 minutes and they can't pause and it doesn't remember where they're at, they're probably not going to come back after a while. It's got to be easy. Oh, I have 10 minutes. I can come back and learn something and then I, I can finish later with that lesson because it remembers where I'm at. Or you've got to, how about mobile? Let's just talk about mobile for a second. If you're not touching mobile, you're not gonna have retention because um, everybody's on their mobile devices and less and less especially millennials are on the computer and these kinds of things. Okay. So, And, and if you want to touch the globe, nonprofits with your information, Some company, Africa, other countries, you probably know this, they start with mobile and have never seen a computer. So you've got to, be engaged with mobile. So, how are you going to deal with that? Well, there's technology out there. We have a uh, technology called conveyyour.com, which uh, is mobile. It's a mobile way to make micro courses and interact and so forth. And we can stitch that into courses we're building to where, for example, you can do positive reinforcement. If after uh, three days somebody's not in the lesson, we send an auto text message to them inviting them back with a link say encouraging them to come back. Let's say positive reinforcement. Let's say they go three three courses in a row, three lessons in a row, and you want to say every three lessons they finish in a row, I want to send them a text message with a little video from the author saying, you're doing awesome, great job, and here's an extra tip for you. Um, So now, are they motivated? Wow, I just got a text message from the author with a little video that is so cool. You're speaking their language, and I can click it, go back into the lesson wherever I'm at.
0: That's fantastic. Isaac, so if people want to know more about what you guys are doing at Choose Growth, how can they get a hold of you? How can they find you? Yeah,
1: uh, you can go to ChooseGrowth.com. Uh, you can email me directly at Isaac at um, You can uh, go to um, Conveyour.com, so it's C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-U-R.com. That's the mobile technology. And these are two companies that I co-founded and we're working together uh, with the you know the the main big e-learning projects we're doing and then touching mobile as well. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach me on any social at Isaac Tolpin, you know, at Isaac Tolpin. So my name's I-S-A-A-C-T-O-L-P-I-N. So yeah, there you go.
0: That's great. I think one of the things that's really interesting about this is I think a lot of a lot of organizations know they need to but they don't know where to start, and so having uh, people like yourself who are very well-versed in the field, who understand not only the technology but understand where the e-learning mode is, is moving is a really positive thing. Isaac, uh, thank you so much for sharing with us. I I know having gone through e-learning programs in the past, some of the things that you're talking about seem very exciting to me, and so uh, I'm really excited to see more of what's happening with Choose Growth. Folks, check them out, choosegrowth.com. Uh, check out Isaac uh, and, and certainly uh, be in contact with him if you'd like to learn more. Again, folks, this is the uh, Nonprofit Exchange. want to invite you back to join us on Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern at hashtag Nonprofit Chat. We're checking out different modes, just like we're talking about e-learning. We know we've got to do different things, and so here we are. Also, check out Nonprofit Performance Magazine at centervisionleadership.org. You can see that on the magazine tab, and you can learn more about what's happening. Check out Isaac's article, March 2nd, It Drops in Digital Issues. You'll be able to see that as we talk about millennials in the nonprofit world. And finally, I want to remind you, come join the community. As Isaac's mentioned today, there's something about being able to learn in community, to be able to find people that you can collaborate with and that you can learn from. And so that's what we're all about. Center Vision Leadership Foundation, uh, our website is really a community for community builders. So come on in, centervisionleadership.org, slash register, and join us. I want to thank Isaac Tolpin again, Isaac Tolpin of Choose Growth, our guest. Thank you for being alongside with us on this journey, and have a great day.
1: <laughs> Take care. <laughs>